Hello and welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Blood. Oh shit, hold on. I don't even know what movie we're doing. <laughs> Today we're doing Nori. Norio. The Norio. Curse. I don't know, you guys. It's Japanese. I don't know how to speak Japanese. I'm Norio. Sorry. The curse. Norio, the Here curse. we go. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Daniel. This is Ann. We host this podcast. We're awesome. Bourbon and blood. We are. Uh, we let's wait first. Oh, drink. Hold. Let me talk about the drink. We the Gravedigger cocktail, which mm-hmm. is pretty close to what we'd had last podcast because it's whiskey, ginger beer, and hard apple cider. Yeah, it's good. So we just mixed hard apple cider instead of apple cider. Mm. Let's talk about this fucking movie. You guys, it was really good. Well, I just want to say, you guys, we've mentioned um, our friend Andrew before, who gives us access to a lot of his great movies. And I asked him today, I says, I says, Andrew, <laughs> what are, like, some scary movies? Like, what movies have scared you recently? And he suggested this movie. So we watched it, and I liked it. It's Japanese. It is a spooky Japanese movie, ghosty, demony kind of movie. Um, we open up with our paranormal journalist Kobayashi. Yeah. And all we know is that his house burned down. His wife is dead, and he's missing. Why? Hmm, I don't know. Weird. Does it have to do something with this last case that he was studying? It was an interesting take on, like, the found footage formula. I loved it. Because it was found footage, but it was also, like, mixed with, like, random TV shows or interviews. Or, like, talk shows. It was awesome. I loved how they did it. Like, I don't know. Okay, I I don't want to sound like a dick here, but... We all know the stereotypical, like, Japanese talk show kind of thing, or game show, or whatever. They're intense. And they, I feel like they did that really well in here, in the little, like, snippets that they would splice in. It was so authentic. Like, it felt, it felt very authentic. They're just so over the top and colorful and loud. And I'm not saying loud isn't sound, but, like, images on the screen flashing or, like, just intense. So our Kobayashi fella goes to meet with a lady who says her neighbor is has some weird noises coming from her house and it's disturbing her and her daughter. Five? Or no. So they he records the noise. Well, he first tries to go and talks to the lady. And she's nutso. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And then they record the noises coming from next door, and it's five babies crying kind of sounding. Yeah, he has the tape analyzed by a tape analyzer, (laughs) sound analyzer, and he breaks down the sound, and he's like, 
Well, it kind of sounds like an animal sound, but it's not right because of this. What it actually sounds like is five babies crying. Five babies crying in sync. That's kind of fucking weird. So this is an origin story of the band in sync. (laughs) Five babies crying in unison, hitting perfect tone. Mm. No? (laughs) No. You know, I actually, I read that Justin Timberlake's vocal cords are like super fucked up. Maybe that's why his last two albums were not great. Or, like, anything he's done. Hey, the one album with, like, Sexy Back, that was a fun album. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I haven't listened to it since that period in my life. I mean, I do like that one song that he did with Michael Jackson, posthumously. That (laughs) love never felt so good. That one. I like the man in... Oh, wait, that's Michael Jackson. That's just Michael Jackson. (laughs) That's just straight up Michael Jackson. That's just Michael Jackson by himself. (laughs) Maybe Webster's there, who knows. So we go through, uh, first we get a Japanese TV show where they're like, drilling little kids on their psychic abilities. Drilling isn't like, they're putting them through a bunch of really intense tests. No, they they give them a drill, and they're like, (laughs) drill. Drill into each other's Motherfuckers! Drill (laughs) into those abilities. (laughs) So first they have to guess an image that's Mm -hmm. inside... And there's this one girl. What's her name? I wrote it down. Kana. Kana. And she's the only one out of the group that keeps getting every image right, Mm -hmm. except for the last image where she draws... Spooky face. Have you seen Spirited Away? Yeah. Don't don't these little guys look like the Spirited Away ghosts? I mean, a little bit. But when I think of Spirited Away... Wait, is Spirited Away the one that has the little, like, uh, poofy dust balls? Oh, shit, corners. I don't even remember which Ghibli movie this is then. I feel like... There's a Ghibli movie where there's, like, these little guys that click, and they're little white figures with a creepy face. Ooh. Like... That's uh, terrifying. Yeah. And it reminds... That's what she drew, basically. Which will come back later, of course. So many times later. And then she... They, they put them through a test where they're supposed to make water just appear inside of a beaker. Yeah. And she makes water appear with hair in it. And I wrote, baby hair. water. Nice. Baby water. They tested. So after she made this water materialize in her jar, they there was like a hair in it. And they analyzed it. And it was a baby hair. Because it didn't have like the, um, I, f- I didn't write down the word, that thing at the end. It wasn't formed yet. It wasn't adult hair, and it was close animal hair, but they think it was baby hair. Yeah, baby hair. Baby hair. So yeah, Kana, Kama, whatever, she's a psychic kid. Adorable little one. Yeah. So then we go to another little snippet of just some rando, like, Japanese, like, Wayne's World type show where they just do random shit, obviously. How cool would a live tr- live talk show about ghosts? scary stories be? I mean, I would fucking love it. I would watch it all the time. Well, I mean, I did watch it. It was called Ghost Hunters. Why don't they do that now, where it's a talk show style? But not with and they dicks tr- on Yeah, but it. they try to, like... If you are faking it, they call you out. But if they can't prove you wrong, they're like, we can't Did- prove you wrong. I mean, like, that's kind of what Ghost Hunters was, but also not. It's not a talk show, Do you know who would be a great host for that would be me, because... Or Judge Judy. 
or me and Judge Judy. <laughs> you and Judge Judy. Together doing a ghost hunting show. RuPaul would have to be there, too, because <laughs> be I guessed. know that RuPaul... No, no, no. RuPaul would be a regular host, because RuPaul loves Judge Judy. Like, I can't... I don't feel like it would be right for me to get a show without with Judge Judy without RuPaul being Ru involved. All being there. So we're all going to go hunt ghosts together. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> oh my god. Coming next fall to Netflix. RuPaul, Ru Judge Judy, Ru and Ru Anne. Judy and Anne. <laughs> Paranormal investigators? Question mark? Because you don't know if they're real. I was going to say investigators, but only one person is gay out of that trio. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess it doesn't really work. <laughs> oh, boy. Aw. Uh, this was a long movie. It was two hours. I liked it. I mean, I liked it. I'm just saying. I just realized that. Oh, so anyway, so they go uh, like on this. You know, Wayne's World ghost hunting adventure, right? And they bring... So it's like these two, like, just dorky dudes. And then there's an actress who's with them. Who's kind of like a B-list actress. I think you're supposed to get the gist that she's not, like, a super famous actress. She's just, like, an actress. And um, <clears throat> she, like, gets really freaked out when they're in the woods. And she's like... I hear something. I see something. There's something bad here. There's something bad here. She falls on the ground screaming like it was bad news bears. They go on a talk. She goes on a talk show. So this is, a, this is like the next snippet, you know, of whatever. She's on a talk show talking about this experience. The paranormal journalist, Kobayashi, is there as well. And he's talking to her. They bring on this Mr. guy. Mr. Hori. Mm-hmm. Mr. Hori. The super psychic, you guys. He is super psychic. He is covered in aluminum foil, and he sees the future. And he comes on the stage, and uh, they want to give you the sense that, like, is he a psychic, or is this guy just crazy? Like, the tinfoil hat rocker. Just will always remind me of Futurama, but I do feel like if someone was psychic that to that extent, they would probably Can be I tell like you that crazy. Something? I know somebody who um, they said they were very sensitive to their environment, and like they like had tin foil over the windows and shit like that. And so like, you know? Their fridges were in the garage because they said that they couldn't be around like the energy that was given off by their refrigerators. Like it was a little weird. That a sounds insanely weird. weird. They said that they couldn't be around like scented anything. Oh, no candles and scents. Yeah. They said that, but then sometimes when they were around them and they didn't realize it, it was, like, not ever an issue. So, sometimes I wonder if that was, like... This reminds me of my friend Patchouli. Whoa! <laughs> my friend Patchouli. What if you had a... What if you had a baby named Patchouli? A what if? A demon baby named Patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we at? 
Um, oh, so the demon guy is on the talk show yelling, like, he, so he gets up on the stage, and he's just, like, screaming at this girl all Freaking of a sudden. Out. He's, like, standing there, and you're kind of like, well, what are you doing, brother? Like, you're kind of acting a little strange. And then he just lunges at her and tries to choke her the fuck out, and he's yelling at her about pigeons, and she's like, what the hell is happening right now? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And... Next scene. We're at little Kana's house. Yeah. Psychic little Kana. And the Kobayashi has come to talk with her and her family. Kind of find out, like, more about her abilities and stuff like that. And her mom says that, like, ever since the psychic test that was administered on her daughter... Her daughter has had, like, a fever, and it's just been acting kind of weird. Talking to someone who's not there. Talking to someone who's not there. They're sitting down to dinner, and all of a sudden, the dishes just fly off the fucking table. That was a cool scene. The spoon, her spoon, broke in half and was just, like, spinning. Spinning. No. No. So when they go visit Mr. Hori, Uh which is the next scene... Yes. In his home, it's also all covered in tinfoil, mm-hmm. everything in his house. There's crazy stuff written all over everything. I did want to point something out about Japanese culture that I didn't notice till now. All of them do the hand gesture of go away as come in. When they're like, go, they're sh- I mean, you can't see me right now, but I'm waving basically to go away like mm-hmm. we would do. But every time someone in this movie was like, come with me, they were doing the... I know we're not supposed to get to this till later, but because we're talking about customs, the part, there's a part in the movie where there's this um, ceremony they do where they talk about how in this ceremony they clap once, or bow once, clap four times, and then bow once again, and how that's different than most places in Japan. Like, I didn't realize that there were different ways of greeting people by claps and bows in We're going to come back to this because I have a big question for you. So the psychic girl from the talk show and the show before. The actress? The actress. Yeah, that's a good way to remember it. Well, the actress isn't psychic. I thought she had some psychic abilities. Remember? Because that's why they had her go out with her. She had some psychic abilities. Well, they didn't know that. No, so, the, when until they... The two bro dudes were like, we brought this actress who has some psychic abilities... That's why we're exploring this graveyard with oh, okay. Her. But anyways, she calls over our main protagonist, Kobayachi, because she woke up and, like, there were knots all over, which the knots are very important. Yeah, the weird... So he... You sets... can't just say there are knots all over, because that... How does that make sense? All right, so... To anybody. <laughs> explain it. So... <laughs> she woke up one morning, and there was... A skein of yarn on her table, and it was all looped. Like, the loose yarn from it was looped in a very strange, weird way. And so she met with a a journalist, and he was like, we're going to put a camera in the corner of your room, see what's going on. Then it records her taking her lamp... Out on the balcony. Out on the balcony... And then the next time you see the tape, it's obviously, like, all looped in this very strange way. 
like, but the cord is all looped up weird. So the loops, the knotting of all of the string and rope, it plays until the end. It plays into it. But it was really <laughs> weird because she was like, I don't know how to make these knots. Like, I don't know what's going on. So what the fuck? Around this time, this leads him to be like, oh, because in that video he hears the name Kajutaba. Is that right? Uh, I wrote it down. It's... Hang on, I might have written it on the other page. Oh, Kajutaba. Yeah, you were right. Kajutaba. <laughs> so, he investigates Kajutaba. But also... Kana in this time has disappeared. Oh, yeah. Kana is a little psychic girl. She's disappeared from her parents' She house. gone. Guess they should have saw that coming, psychics. They're not. She <laughs> the is. other ones, like... Well, I guess the kids Super psychic. It, but maybe she already knew and knew that there was nothing she could do about it. So they're investigating That's all these... she said. There's no hope for us. We're yeah. Doomed. So that's why he's investigating, investigating the Kajutaba... And it turns out there's some demon rituals in a village of sorcerers. And then I got this weird idea where I want to imagine a village of sorcerers nowadays and have Anne describe what their rituals would be like when I name the magician that is the leader of the... What? Ready? Oh my god, what? What would Harry Houdini's ritual be? Harry Houdini's ritual would be everybody has to tie themselves in the straitjacket <laughs> and... Uh, escape from it, or they die immediately. Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller have to silently... Ooh, boy, Penn and Teller. <laughs> the ritual of Penn and Teller. You know what? They have to silently dismantle right-wing politics oh. without speaking <laughs> and with magic. Magically. <laughs> Magically. David Blaine. Fuck that guy, but also, <laughs> God damn it, do I love David Blaine. David Blaine. David Blaine's ritual would be to... I'm going to choose one of his better tricks, not one of his stunts. Okay, I'm going to choose a trick. Uh, David Blaine's ritual would be the thing where you have to, like pick a card, and then chuck a knife at the wall and throw the deck of cards at the same time. And then the knife will stick to your card. And then if you don't get the right one, you get murdered by the devil. I don't even know much about David Copperfield. Do you? Yo, can I tell you, the best... Yes. <laughs> I know these I, are magicians, not sorcerers, but... This is one but... of my most favorite stories to tell, and I never <laughs> am able to tell it. Okay, so <laughs> Emma and I, in one of our many talks about magicians, because boy oh boy, there's been several, we were talking about magicians one day, and we started talking about David Copperfield, and I googled David Copperfield, I found out David, David, David Copperfield was robbed but was able to use sleight of hand <laughs> to trick the robbers into not taking his stuff. <laughs> it's the fucking best. Magic. It's the fucking best. So that's what your ritual has to be with fucking David Copperfield. Thwart a thief. Thwart <laughs> a rogue thief. 
And the last one, the douchebaggiest one. What would Chris Angel's ritual be? I, he can just set himself on fire. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't. I don't even want to. <coughs> I don't even want to waste any brain cells on thinking about Chris Angel. So he can just set himself on fire. To end this segment on magic and sorcerers, what do you call a magic owl? What? Houdini. <laughs> Or, wait, I have one more funny, oh. terrible joke. What's it called when you get something for a penny at the magic shop? A cheap trick. <laughs> oh! Alright. <laughs> oh, dad jokes. Alright, so yeah, they find out that there's this ritual where that's where we get the bow, clap four times, bow one more time, mm-hmm. and this is after you've cut a rope with a scythe. Yeah. Sith. Scythe. I don't know. Sith? I always say Sith. So as he's investigating... God, what's that lady's name that he's investigating that's kind of important? The daughter? Kana? Yeah. No. The daughter of the ritualistic priest. Oh, fuck. I didn't write her name I didn't write her down. name down either. There's... It's the girl at the beginning that was living next door that flipped out and had the babies crying in sync. We're terrible. We're drunk, also. I like how when he's investigating the town, you got, like, uh, scary how fast you turned on the friendly lady who didn't have a scythe above her door. Oh my the god. The one lady not involved in the cult, and you think she's evil. <laughs> she was trying to give all of the information <laughs> yeah. to the world. I nope, was that like, girl's evil. I was like, that cunt does not have a scythe above her door. She's clearly possessed by the devil. Don't listen to that bitch. Also, one of the people he interviewed in this little town with a scythe above their door looked like a Japanese-looking Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. He had, like, a tracksuit on. He looked stoned as fuck when he answered the door. What do you want? What do you want? He did. He looked like a Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. He did. Oh, my God. Uh, We also find out during this time... That she's such an important person. I did not write her name down. Crazy mom lady. That's what we'll call her. No, priest daughter. Priest daughter. Was working at a hospital and helping with abortions. Late term And stealing the embryos. Stealing the embryos and fetuses. Real dark shit right there. That's a little crazy. (laughs) I wonder, like... I don't want to get into... So never mind. I'm not even gonna. Uh, what's your next note? God damn it! Everyone is dying. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Marika, the the actress. She has a friend over for dinner or lunch, like a fancy lunch that she made, and she goes full on Dwight Schrute and just starts moaning. In the doorway and It was pigeon- like the scariest three seconds of a movie I've ever uh, seen in my life. <laughs> like, it just, all of a sudden, she goes up to be like, yeah, let me just go take your plate into the kitchen. Oh, she's going to get hot sauce or Tabasco yeah, or something. Yeah, she got Tabasco sauce. And then she's just, all of a sudden, the camera's just on her standing in her doorway, totally still, neck at a weird position, and she's just... Dwight Schrute moaning, like... (laughs) And pigeons are, like, hitting the window left and right and down. Five pigeons just boom, 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 boom. (laughs) Do you know, at our old house, we used to have birds flying to our windows all of the fucking time. We had big windows. And it was 
terrifying. I hated it so much because I was always just like, here they come. Like I hate that it's a stigma now, but anytime a window gets hit by a bird, I feel like there's demons involved. Well, if it happens a lot, yeah, you worry because you're like, why are all of these birds hitting my fucking window? Why don't you just clean your windows really well. Ooh. Windex, not demons. Windex. Oh, no. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, oh, Kana's dad killed his wife and oh, then yeah. himself. Oh, no, he didn't kill himself. No, they arrested him. Yeah, they arrested him. They... Everyone dies. Like, anyone associated with this demon or anyone associated with this demon. Wait. I just... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we might be jumping ahead here, but I didn't take a lot of notes. (laughs) He eventually decides to take two psychics up to the flooded place where the demon rituals used to be. (laughs) I'm still laughing about myself just enunciating (laughs) the same sentence in different ways. I'm thinking it's a difference. What other notes do I have? Dead dogs everywhere. Take two psychics to the uh, demon ritual place. I want to... Um, eh? That's it? I mean, I have a few more, but... Like, do Japanese people keep dogs as pets? The same rate that Americans do. Because it, to me, it felt like in this movie they were like, oh, there's a reason there's dogs here. You know what I mean? Like, is it not normal for Japanese people to have dogs as pets? But they do, because they have Shiba Inus and, like, Akitas and all kinds of Japanese. I can't base this just on... This, but I feel like every Japanese animation I watched, they always have cats, but... Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I know they do have dogs, but it was just funny to me how it was like, oh, this is why there's all these dogs around. (laughs) Like, I feel like in an American movie, it's not a fucking big deal. There's tons of dogs everywhere. We're just like, oh, there's just a bunch of dogs. Cool, great. Everyone has a dog because dogs are big old doofuses and everyone loves a big old doofus <laughs> so do you remember what happened at the end of this because I did not write it down I'm having a real hard time recalling so at this point in the movie they go to the ritual place uh, Marika the actress or whatever her name gets possessed mm-hmm. and our super uh, psychic runs out into the woods this is one of the coolest parts too is the super psychic runs out into the woods, and then our main dude drops the camera and lifts it up, and then you see the altar. Yeah. And there's like those little like little creatures all the, around. Well, the her. little girl, yeah. Tana was on the altar. And they were like crawling up. And there and were stuff. all these creepy ghosty fetus babies crawling all over her. So because Ooh. of that. Our filmmaker dude's like, I'm going to go back and investigate crazy cult daughter or whatever. Sure. Yeah, this is hard to talk about when we're drunk. (laughs) Why wouldn't you get more involved? He breaks into the house, finds Mika laying on the ground, finds the little boy standing next to Mika, finds the cult daughter hanging from the ceiling. Well, you're saying Mika. Her name's Kana. Kana. You're just confusing. Oh, it's the other girl's name is Marika or some shit. 
So they adopt the boy. And I wrote down, because the boy's in their house, and he's eating an omelet. And I said, demons love omelets. Amulets. Amulets. I knew... I know. <laughs> My restaurant would I work on so I many levels. Knew it. As soon as that fucking omelet came on the screen, <laughs> I was like, he's gonna... He's gonna bring up uh, amulets. Amulet. Fucking bring up amulets. Amulets. So the movie, like, kind of cuts there, and you think it's over, but then we get a real dark ending. Do you remember it? Yeah. Vaguely? <laughs> kind of. Our super psychic... Oh, yeah. Okay. Because the beginning of the movie, all you know is that the journalist is missing, his house was set on fire, and his wife was killed. Yeah. That's all you know. So, yes. When you think it's the end of the movie, it cuts to a video that was taken of the journalist's home when this happened. The Psycho... Super psychic. Super psychic came. And he had like a rock in his hand. And he started beating everyone fucking up with a rock because he was crazed. Not the wife. He hit the wife once. Oh, did he? And then he started beating the little boy in the face. And we get like this really creepy scene where the boy's standing up, bloody, but with the creepy face of the little monster dudes. And there's a ghost girl standing in the corner. Yeah. And now our super psychic is just standing there, like, stunned. Well, at this point, he's beat the dad to death, the journalist. Not dead, but he beats him. Well, he's... Oh, yeah. He's pretty he's a, fucked. awake still. The mom gets possessed. Lights herself and on. sets herself fire. on fucking fire. That's never... My wife is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, this last <laughs> half of the podcast, we're very drunk. My wife. <laughs> so yeah, you should check out this movie, <laughs> Nori, The Curse. It was really good. <laughs> Come on, bring it back together here. <laughs> I can't. <sighs> <laughs> the joke let you like my joke so much. It's not I mean it's not funny for all of the women who have been burned. <laughs> Sorry, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, we're loopy. It's a full moon tonight. And <laughs> we've been drinking. Uh, I want to end this podcast talking about a great product. They're not sponsoring us, but we love them. Recently, Anne purchased me a nightlight. Oh, yes. From Glass Action? Glass Action. Did Follow you them the, on make Instagram. sure? Like, I feel like you should have checked. I know. I, I think it's this. Glass Action. Let me double check real quick here. Yeah, she made us the most amazing customized nightlight for um, sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp. Yes, it's Glass Action. Her name's Carrie, 
And uh, she makes these fantastic stained glass nightlights and necklaces and stuff like that. And she made me an amazing Angela one with the Angela face at the end of Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, if you're if, a horror movie fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to see it, you can go on Danny's Instagram at Bourbon and Blood and check it out. It's super awesome. And Carrie, thank you very much. We love you. And we like supporting local. Yeah, like I was super stoked to like. I was super excited to finally be able to be like, this is what I want her to make me. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I'd like her to make me a Sam one, but how many places do I need nightlights? I mean, you could have one in every room, really. <laughs> That's true. Good. That's true. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Bourbon and Blood, and that's a demon. Oh, oh that was weak. Anything to add? Not really. I just hope everyone has a fantastic... Oh, wait. We're going to do more before Halloween, so... At least one, but I'll try for two. Have a good day. (laughs) What do you want me to do? Have a good fucking day. Like, try to just be nice to somebody today. Can you try that for once? Once? Stop being such a selfish dick and do something nice for somebody else? Jesus. (laughs) Just kidding. Be nice. (laughs) Thank you, and have a good day. Bye. Hello and welcome back to the talk show, Psychics and Psychos. I'm your host, Daniel Owens, and I'm here today with our guest. Ann Schuster. Schuster. I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) She's a psychic, and she's here to talk to us about her psychic abilities and her psychic experiences. (laughs) Or is she a psycho? Let's find out. Tell us, Ann, what are some psychic experiences you've had? Guest lottery numbers. Unfortunately, not the $1.6 billion ones from last night, but I have called lotto numbers out as they're being called before. Uh, I knew a Jeopardy question, a final Jeopardy question, when he just announced the category, and I was like, I shouted out the answer before he even asked the question, and I was right. Uh, I've read your mind on multiple occasions. It is true, listeners. I'm one of those weird psychics where I know what song will be on the radio next. Uh, It doesn't really help me in my everyday life. I'm just weirdly psychic with knowing what someone will say next or (laughs) what song's going to play. It sounds like those psychic abilities are useless. (laughs) Let's do some tests now. No, I'm just kidding.